the walking weapon, Josh Alexander. Thank you for joining us, Josh. How are you? I'm great, man. Happy to be here. It's our pleasure, mate. It's our pleasure. Um, how's your day been? How's life treating you today? I mean, we're uh, we're heading into more strict lockdowns, mm. uh, actually, today and tomorrow. So, you know, things are getting a little interesting. You got to go to the grocery store. You got to handle all that before that happens. Uh, we're sure. pretty much locked up until Christmas, at least. Yeah, we're so, in a very similar situation right now. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the UK and what's going on here, but a couple of weeks ago we entered, we'd already been in a national lockdown and now we're doing uh, regional lockdowns and we're in the highest one. So like yourself, you know, if you, if you need to get your shopping done, you do it all at once. Uh, there's no going for walks to the park or anything, you know, it's just staying in your house. So yeah. Not great. I have two young, ch I have two young kids too. And it's, uh, it's really taxing with them. If I didn't have kids, I, I don't think I'd really notice this as much. Yeah. I'd be chilling on my couch playing video games or watching Netflix, but like, you know, I got to entertain a six year old I, and a two year old somehow. I'm in this house by myself every day. Um, I haven't really done anything apart from watch Netflix, YouTube and play games. And it does actually get boring after a while. <laughs> I didn't yeah. think it would. I didn't think I'd ever get bored of it. But after about a week or two, I was like, I actually miss people. And I don't usually like people that much, but I miss interacting with people. <laughs> so the, these interviews are kind of keeping us going a bit, keeping me sane. Yeah. yeah. You need like you need like interpersonal conversation right. and stuff. You need yeah. something. Yeah. Like I'm, an, I'm an introvert myself, so. Yeah. But you, you realize you do need it. Like, I never thought I would get to that point, but here I am, fed up of playing video games. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel for you both. I mean, I am uh, I work at the hospital, Josh, so I'm still going to work every day. So it's I, I look forward to getting that weekend break and having a couple of days off, but I can imagine it would drive you crazy, like Callum said, you know, just being stuck in the house. It must be insane, but enough about Not the, the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, it was I was going to say not to make this the pandemic podcast, but uh you guys you guys are in the UK and just a real quick question for me. In Canada right now, the the big topic in the news and everywhere is the the vaccine. Uh you know, it's coming out in 3 to 6 months here uh for frontline workers and then 6 months after for general population. But uh in the UK, I guess it's got approved like already. So like yeah. people are like kind of watching the UK to be like are people going to start like growing tails or you know yeah. what I mean like <laughs> everyone's concerned so yeah. has there been anything crazy with that like Jamie Jamie actually works at the hospital uh, don't you Jamie so you'll be you're getting the vaccine first yeah so all, all good we we uh, the hospital I work at we started the rollout uh, on Wednesday um mm -hmm. and it's been it's been good all good no issues um no one's grown a second head or a third leg um, it's 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 looking good. Um, our government are hoping we can be back to some kind of normal around April time. Um, so fingers crossed we will be. But yeah, the vaccine uh, so far so good, man. Uh, no no complaints so far. It, we'll, uh, everybody's everybody's very optimistic for a springtime like yes. indie show to come back. You know, some, I, I'm dying. It seems crazy, doesn't it, to imagine like. I can't imagine wrestling like pre-COVID anymore. It's almost like it's been rewritten in my brain where every show has had like either TV monitors with faces on or no crowds. And 
it just seems crazy to to think like WrestleMania has a hundred thousand people there, or like anything past a thousand people being in attendance just seems unbelievable. So imagine yeah. when it does get back to that, how good it's going to feel. It's there's going to be a boom period in wrestling when when it comes back. I think a boom in everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. People are just going to be like doing everything they possibly might not have done before COVID thinking they had more time. Like what, what if this happens again in five years, people are just going to be like going on vacations. They're going to be doing everything they can to have fun. Now they're yeah. going to live for the moment. That's the silver lining to it, I guess, isn't it? Like you said, silver, um, you know, living for the moment. Um, hopefully it makes some people appreciate what we had pre COVID. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely didn't appreciate it as much and no, I didn't realize it could be taken away so easily. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a horrible thing. Like I said, I mean, our government stay in April, but I'll I'll wait till April comes around and we'll see where we're at then. But fingers right. crossed, you know. Absolutely. Everything. Um, speaking of obviously the the pandemic and and that, what's it like being for you? How do you adjust obviously wrestling in front of fans to wrestling not in front of fans? I mean, do you have to adjust and and, and look at your matches differently? Um, I always make the joke that. I, I, I'm a big indie wrestler. I've had a nearly 16-year career now. Uh, I'm in my 16th year now. And uh, I've had plenty of experience on small independent shows in front of... So... And I've also ran a training school where I have training matches with my students all the time. So, like, I kind of... The more experience you have, I think you have, like... Just you have an ear for what the like the timing and everything that involved in wrestling where you don't need the crowd there you can assume that the crowd would react this way and do that and it's all kind of like a weird dance i definitely don't enjoy it i 100 percent would rather have at least i did an independent show in august and it was the first one that had crowds since mm -hmm. the march shutdown and there was only 30 people in the building but that 30 people felt like you know five thousand in madison square garden when i wrestled for triple a it was just it was monumental, the difference. And uh, it is definitely an adjustment, but uh, I don't know. It, it, you, you get accustomed to everything. It's new challenges. Yeah, yeah. And like you said, imagine when we do have crowds back, it will seem crazy. Like, if, if that 30 people seem like 5,000, when impact is back to, you know, the, the usual crowds that were pulling, that's going to seem like 100,000 people. It's going to be crazy. Um, but there, there is one thing that is testament to you is, and I, I realize that now you've pointed it out, you said that it's not really any different to you because you have these training matches with no people. You've done the smaller crowds. When I was watching your match with Chris Sabin recently, I did actually realize how it was one of the only matches I've seen where, where there's been no crowd where I actually forgot about it for that entire match. Like the, the, the in-ring action was so good that I didn't actually need the crowd to be there to... You know, usually as a fan watching you, you're feeding off the crowd as like like you are in the ring. But the, the in-ring action was so good that I was actually just focused on that. So that is, and there's only been a few times that's happened over the pandemic era where I've actually been fully invested. So yeah, it it is a challenge, but you're obviously ready for that challenge. And I, I can only imagine you, you're keen to get back to some kind of normality. Yeah, but like you just paid me like a, a tremendous compliment. Because I find uh, I've had this conversation with Ethan Page uh, where this no crowd thing, especially for impact tapings, where like there's it's, it's just the commentary noise, really. Mm -hmm. uh, I find that 
this era is really going to put the microscope on the in-ring action. And like, that's something that I've always kind of tried to push for myself for so long. Like, I don't want any holes in my game. I don't want you to, you, you're noticing everything because you're, you don't have the crowd as a distraction. So you're really paying attention to what's happening in the ring. And I think that's where like I stand out. So this has been like yeah. something that like, I think has helped me in this well, past year. And even on backbreaker you gives it. Like, <laughs> I love that move anyway, but it never fails to make me cringe. And <laughs> when you gave it to him, I was like, Jesus, like that looks real. Because like you said, everyone's under the microscope at the moment. You can pick up on any mistakes or mistimings easier. But when you know you you're still you're watching somebody who's still at the top of the game, even though there's no crowd there, and everything still looks nice and crisp, you can still enjoy it as much as a fan. You know, you don't get me wrong, I miss being a fan and I miss what being the fan, the fans being there too, but it's not necessary in the enjoyment of a match. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm. Uh, obviously, you mentioned Ethan as well, so we're going to have to mention him out because Callum goes back and forth on Twitter with Ethan Page a lot because he thinks he, he thinks he looks like Ethan Page. And when, when I share my bit a bit, there's pictures of me where, where it's a bit weird. Like um, I put, I use that Reface app. And I put my face on Ethan Page, and I didn't actually realize it had changed. Like, <laughs> so I sent it to him, and he was like, "Oh, you're a handsome dude." And I was like, "All right, that's the best thing I've ever. That's the best compliment I've had in my life." Ethan Page said I'm handsome, so putting that in my Twitter bio. Um, <laughs> you, got, you put that Jack Sparrow beard on, and then you're. He's <laughs> yeah. basically me if I was if I was on the gas. You know that that would be me. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, obviously, with Ethan, your journey with Ethan's been quite a long one. It hasn't just been Impact the North, has it? I mean, how long have you and Ethan have, have been friends and have, have you know been teaming together? So, ten years. He started Alpha One just over ten years ago, and I worked his first show. And he didn't want to book me because he didn't like me. He knew I was good, but he didn't like me. Uh, but he booked me out of necessity, and uh, we became best friends like immediately. And it's it's just been crazy since then. And it started off with him not liking you, but now you're best friends. That's that's quite a, <laughs> quite a story there. I mean, what what running what running round in the end was it just that you were too good that he couldn't deny it anymore? He had to book you, or I think he just got to know me. And as uh, he wasn't a wrestler anymore, now he was a promoter as well. And he realized that just booking me for his startup indie show i was the guy that was going to show up every time and give 150 percent kill yeah. myself trying to have the best match on the card every time and that's like such such a value to a promoter that you can't find everywhere because a lot of guys just come in and do their stuff and like get out and you know try to get by and i would just push the envelope every single time especially then i was just trying to get noticed every single show i had no matter how small like i thought somebody might see something you know regardless every time so, you know, it just started from there. One thing I've really found interesting recently is, especially with the, the hint at crossover between AEW and Impact, is the dream, match that, the dream match that people want to see more than anything. You've got all those possible dream matches. We even did a poll on our Twitter page. And the top match with, I think it was over 60, of maybe 500, was FTR versus The North. And that's the match people want to see. That's the money match. 
Uh, what are your feelings on, say, wrestling FTR, for example, doing that kind of crossover match? I mean, I, I want that tag match. Like, as a fan of professional wrestling, as a fan of tag team wrestling, uh, I've been a fan of FTR for years. Yeah. They were showing up in NXT wrestling uh, American Alpha, and, like, that, those tag matches were blowing my mind because I'd never seen that stuff out of, like, Jordan and Gable. And then, you know, they show up and like they're on the map like that. And then there's stuff with Tommaso and Gargano. And, you know, everything they've done is just like a throwback to tag team wrestling. And they execute it very well. Like, I, I'm a big fan as a fan of them. But yeah. then the North, you know, we came in Impact Wrestling, Ethan Page literally floundering before I showed up. We got thrown together as a tag team. And we looked at each other, we know each other, we know we're a great tag team, and we knew that we could change the game. Mm. So that that was our goal from like the get-go. We know, like I, I don't think I'm breaking any like news here. We know we're a better tag team than the Motor City Machine Guns, regardless of if people think they're better. We know if you put that under a microscope and you really look at them, no matter how cool they might look, we are a better tag team. So like we knew that we could eclipse all these guys from impact history, and we did in two years. Like it's it's crazy. We are down in the history books as the greatest tag team in that company's history. It's not just something we say in a promo. It's something people finally realize. And like, I think that's why when you look at AEW, regardless of them being the tag team champions there right now, FTR is kind of renowned as being the old school tag team. That like, And yeah. like matching us up versus them is just, I, I can easily see how it's a dream match. Oh, absolutely. Like, I... I... For some reason, I thought when I put up the poll that a lot of people would vote for the the Young Bucks based out of popularity, like the North versus the Young Bucks. But when you break it down, you've got two teams who are like the epitome of tag team wrestling. You know, you you actually hold on to the tag rope, for example. You do tag team maneuvers. You work together as a team. You're not just doing moves for the sake of it, so to speak. So when you think about it, that is the dream match. The two very best tag teams in pro wrestling um, going against each other, both representing their respective companies, finding out who's the best team in the world, that would be that would be incredible to see. Yeah, absolutely. And like this whole crossover thing, I don't know what's happening with it. Like people don't tell me anything. I didn't even know that was happening until it happened. But uh, like, I just think it's like a throwback to the NWA days. Like this thing that Kenny's talking about wanting to win all the belts. It just sounds like you know you want to like just like make one giant championship and then tour the world with it as like the main event guy. Like I, that would be my dream that yeah. happens from all this, but like, I don't know what's going to happen. If that happens, then maybe tag teams can do it too. You can have a premier tag team that tours. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely, definitely an option. If, um, if yeah. Kenny wants all the singles championships, there's nothing to stop a, a tag team collecting all the tag team championships. And I think that would be, something we'd all want to see. There's so many good tag teams in the world right now. Like you said, you, you've proven you're better than everyone in Impact. Uh, maybe you're going to have to find out if you're the best in AEW and in Mexico <laughs> or Japan as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously you said you, you, you didn't know it was going to happen and, and things like that, but what, what's your thoughts on it? I mean, how, how good for the wrestling world could it be with, with a, a collaboration with Impact and AEW? I mean, like you said, it could become a territorial thing again. You could have New Japan coming in. You could have other companies like Ring of Honor coming in. I mean, from a, a fan point, I mean, how cool is that for you to think of those possibilities? As a fan or a wrestler, I think it's cool. I think I think any company is working together. I remember when NXT first worked with Evolve and like 
right. just that small little thing of like trading like one yep. guy stepping down and Chris Hero showing up and Evolve or something. I think it was like, you're just like, oh, wait, doors are opening now. Like yeah. something yeah. could happen, the possibilities. Oh, the possibilities. And then and the buzz started possibilities. Maybe there could be more. And people always want more. But like the difference with this one is like, especially with what Kenny's been saying with the championship, I, I think people like greatness. People want to know who the best really is. And like, yeah. there's all this, back and forth especially with like reddit and twitter and everything people like arguing up and down like i've i've been tagged in so many tweets where people say that like the north isn't shit the rascals are the best tag team of all time and you're like okay but then you know 500 people hop on them and be like you don't know what you're talking about like yeah. it's just a constant argument so if we're really going to find out i mean this is the best way to do it is have companies work together and figure it out like i would love to wrestle the briscoes and ring of honor they've been stuck there for 20 years like, yeah. if you think about tag team wrestling, the Briscoes never come up as one of the best tag teams when people are arguing about it. But, like, that's because, like, they're only been in Ring of Honor, really. And But they are amazing. I've been a fan of them forever. But, like, I, 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 yeah, I'm not, like, dogging on the Briscoes or anything like that or Ring of Honor by saying that. But, like, I, I just think that, like, there's people that, like, forget about all these other teams that are yeah. not stuck right. up, but, like, they're signed to other companies. You're right. And not, like you said, it, it's, to them than anything because they've proven for 20 years they are the the premier team in ring of honor you know they've beaten everybody they've held all the championships it would be amazing to see the briscoes going up against uh you know the best that impact has or aew i think they'd be amazing in both companies uh it, it's and i'm not even asking for like uh you know this to happen every week just every few months there's an interpromotional match or that door's open we've always having the possibility of some work down the line. As a fan and a wrestler, that would be really exciting to know that the, the door's just up. And because it's been closed for so many years, you know, uh, and I think a lot of wrestling, uh, wrestling fans, companies, wrestlers have always been in that one track mind of it has to be a certain way, like companies can't work together. But I feel like that's just as a fan speaking, a very WWE mentality. It doesn't have to be the same for everybody else. So I think the more people do work together, the better for everybody. Um, yeah. And hopefully that's where it's going. Um, I know you said you don't have any clue where it's going, but I think that's why it's exciting. Not knowing where it's going is exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, now, I know we mentioned a dream match with FTR, um, but you have faced the Young Bucks before um, at PWG. What was it like working with the Bucks? Uh it was monumental for us. We worked with the Bucks. We the first time we ever got flown anywhere, we got flown to California as a tag team, and we wrestled the Bucks for a smaller promotion in California called IWL. Mm -hmm. And right. then we be, we beat them that night for the tag team championships. And it took a year for us to fly back and try to defend them against them again. And it was in a cage match. And then that's when I had my neck surgery and all this other stuff happened. But that was the reason we got to PWG because we worked with them and they realized like this is an up-and-coming badass tag team we can work with we need more opponents so yeah we got into pdbg thank god you know because of them and uh you know we made the best of it there but like i look at that match now and like i cringe like the north is like i, I we're eclipse whatever monster mafia was like We've grown both as singles competitors. We've grown both as a tag team. We've grown as like performers just in general. Like the product we bring 
to the table now is just it, it, it monster mafia is unrecognizable in comparison yeah. like so the match we could have with the young bucks if we ever have that again like it's going to be a completely different story it's going to be even bigger than it was and like i guess dave Meltzer said it was four and a quarter stars which you know i don't know what the next one would be but it would definitely have to beat that yeah with my eyes closed so well yeah one thing, like, moving away from tag team wrestling slightly, um, you mentioned Reddit earlier and people always saying this tag team is the best tag team or whatever. It's one thing I have seen recently is a lot of people saying Josh Alexander could be a world champion on his own. Is that something that we could see down the line? Do you have any interest in, you know, being a world champion uh, solo? I mean, if I, I become a singles wrestler, hypothetically, uh, and the reason people are saying this is because some fans of independent companies that follow my work over the past 16 years, yeah. uh, it, it, every company I go to, I, I show up and within the first year, I'll be the champion. Like it's, it's happened that way organically for every company. You can name any company I've been to, AIW, AAW, you know, go yeah. on down the line as a singles competitor. I always show up and I always end up winning the championship because like me as a wrestler, I'm just a competitor. Yeah. I show up and like that's my character, that's my gimmick, like whatever. I'm I'm gonna show up and I'm gonna be the most badass wrestler on that show. I'm gonna kill myself trying to win because it's a competition. I wanna be the, the like the number one contender. I wanna get that shot. That's yeah. what I'm working for. This is a prize fighting thing for me. So Absolutely. if that I if I do sense. become a singles wrestler in impact, I mean I that will be my sole goal. That makes sense. And I just wanna say I, I'm not trying to push you into, you know not being a tag team because I think you and Ethan just need to hug it out. Um, <laughs> is, I, that would break my heart if you broke um, Good luck with that. <laughs> but I'm sure if you did become a singles competitor, like you said, you won't have any, uh, you won't have a hard time picking up a, a single strap for yourself, uh, wherever it is and or whoever it's against. Because it, it's, a, it's a thing that's come up recently on Twitter, Reddit, everywhere we've been. There's everybody saying Josh Alexander has what it takes to be a single star. But, you know, I guess it depends what happens in the future. Uh, yeah, it absolutely does. And, like, I think I, I, everybody is speculating that we're going to break up and that, like, I'm going to throw Ethan Page through a barbershop window or something. I'm, I'm never going to lay a hand on him. I, I mean, I've said it many times publicly. I'm never going to – I have one friend on this whole planet why would I like get rid of the only friend I have? Yeah, <laughs> like it. Honestly, mate, it 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 kind of got me a bit last night. I was when I was watching uh, the segment with you and Ethan, um, and you walked out. Ethan looked like he was gonna cry. He was talking into the camera to try and apologize to you, and I was just like, "Oh, guys, just get it together." Because if this goes the way of the barbershop, you know, I'm <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> He's not he's not Ethan Page right now. That's the problem. He's not he's not the same guy. He's gotta figure himself out. Like I, I'm trying to help, but like yeah. there's only so much I can do. And like I just gotta I gotta walk away sometimes. You didn't I I do have a temper. You were disappointed. You, you know, you, you went mad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um speaking of impact as well, going back to impact, I, I said to you before we started recording, I think impact's been on the best products anywhere at the moment. Um, what would you attribute that to? And what's it like being working with uh, Scott Damore and Don Callis? 
Uh, working with Scott and Don is always interesting uh, because they're two wrestlers from a different period and mm-hmm. they're very, you know, they, everybody has a conflicting view of what professional wrestling is there, which I think is what helps lend itself to the company being so successful in recent years, like you say, because even Scott Demore and Don Callis, and then you have Tommy Dreamer, and then you have Artie Evans and Jimmy Jacobs, and they're all kind of the ones that write the show. And yeah. they're in the writer's room, right? And I think they all have a different perspective on what they would like professional wrestling to be or a television program to be for wrestling. So you get a little bit of everything in Impact. And I think that's why people like it so much because you have like something as insane and obscure as like a wrestler's court segment or Wrestle House, yeah. which to me is not my personal cup of tea of what I want to watch. But when I watch it, I'm extremely entertained because I think the people that were involved with it, like I think Taya and Rosemary and like Jake, or sorry, cousin Jake, like they shine through in that wrestle house stuff more than anybody because like nobody knew Jake's or cousin Jake had that much charisma. Like I know from hanging out with him that that's that guy but he's just being himself when he's out there and he's making me laugh my ass off. And I think Ty and Rosemary together are like, same with Tasha and uh, Kira. Like when you put those two together, let them cut promos, like it's insane. Like they're so entertaining. But then, you know, you also have the flip side where you have really good tag team wrestling. You can put the machine guns against the North and you just let us go for 20 minutes. And it's just, everybody has a different idea and it comes together to make that wrestling program. That, that's my favorite part of Impact as a fan is seeing, first of all, one of my biggest moments of this year is the machine guns getting back together because 14-year-old me was losing my shit. So, you know, yeah. I, I was going crazy. But then I, instantly I was thinking, oh, well, we've got all these new matches, you know, with the, the old school TNA, uh, the tag team who was the best uh, like 10 years ago, 12 years ago in TNA against now the, the best tag team in the current era putting those two together and it's been magic watching that so it must have been great you know to get in there with the motor seat machine guns i know you said you better than the machine guns hand down but it must have still been cool you know to mix it up with them yeah like we're both of us are fans of all like professional wrestling like we came up and we were looking at the kings of wrestling and motor city machine guns and the young bucks yeah. that's why we became a tag team because we looked even page looked at the landscape of wrestling and said you know, there's 500 wrestlers out there, but there's only like three or four good tag teams. Like, if we become a tag team, we might have a run at this. Yeah. And he was right. Like, he's a very smart person. <laughs> he put <laughs> us together and we got flown out to California within the first year and a half. Like, we we made far more ways as a tag team. And, like, we, it's because we were fans of the Motor City Machine Guns. And yeah. We were, we were as excited as you were when they walked out of Slammiversary. Yeah. Like, yeah, because we knew that, you know, we would get in the ring with them. We would get to test ourselves against them, and we did. Well, speaking of teams as well, I mean, what's it been like having the Good Brothers on the roster as well with them turning up? And can we possibly see the North at Talking Shop at Mania 3? I mean, <laughs> could it happen? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think I'm, ex- I'm excluded from all those things because people don't see me as the type of guy that would fit that kind of that kind of thing. <laughs> Like they just want me to work out and beat up I people. That's why you would fit in though. I'd love to see you in talking shop doing the driest humor, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh so there's there is a large portion of fans that have come to get to know me and realize that just watching my facial reactions will give 
you know, people some entertainment. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's just, I think people like typecast people in wrestling and like they get put in certain areas. Like I'm not going to put on a tutu and, you know, do some crazy (laughs) shit like that. Maybe I would. I don't know. But like, yeah, I don't know about talking shop, but having the Good Brothers around is like, it's been great. It's, they're very popular singles act, plus, they're a very popular tag team act that's been around the world, New Japan and WWE. So they bring all their fans to Impact. And then through that, working with them, those fans are now fans of us. Because they see us, and they're like, who the hell are these guys? I've never heard of them before. I'm tuning in Impact for the first time because I like the Good Brothers. Oh, the North is better than them? Or, like, I like this guy so much? And, like, it just helps our brand. Helps us as a tag yeah. team. Helps us as singles competitors. Helps us all around. And, like, Doc Gallows is hands down the funniest person on planet Earth. Like, I, I don't know if it comes through on screen or in Impact, but like if I'm sitting in the hotel lobby and this guy walks in, I know I'm going to be laughing for ten minutes. Like, <laughs> it's just it's just in his like personality. That's what he has to do. Oh. So it's, yeah, it's awesome. We had the pleasure of speaking to him a few months ago before the first talking shop, and yeah, Gallows had me in stitches. Just his his sense of humor. I I was in stitches. I, I really was. Um, I mean, Sex Ferguson. I I, I just followed. Gallows on Twitter for the Sex Ferguson videos because it's just incredibly funny that the guy is just yeah he's he's so good he's so good. I, if he's not making you laugh, I I don't think he's happy. Like that's what he that's his purpose for being. Like he he wants to entertain and make people smile and laugh. So he is yeah such a funny guy. Great mind for the uh, for the business. You know, like talking shop mania should not have worked by any means <laughs> because he. <laughs> voted it as the worst wrestling pay-per-view it did amazing numbers and now he's doing a se- he's done a second one doing a third one it's going to become yeah. its own promotion <laughs> so yeah it's just testament to how uh, how smart the guy is For oh sure. yeah now we did speak to somebody a couple of weeks ago who spoke very highly of you um and that was leila hirsch um we, we know you two competing against each other um What's your thoughts on, on working with Layla and what she's doing now at the moment? I think Layla, uh, I told her this, you know, to her face after that match. I don't, I don't like, I'm not friends with people before I wrestle them usually. Like, I don't care how friendly you are, how nice you are, you know what I mean? It's just like, there's this like connection that people get when you work together and you realize, oh man, you're really good at this. And like, yeah. now me and Layla have that connection because we stepped in the ring and I was like, oh, this would be a fine match. And then we went out there and I was just like, she has, a presence to her yeah. she's five feet nothing you know she's tiny but she looks like like a female version of taz to me like when she walked out in her entrance and i was looking at her i was like jesus like, damn what, what's going on and then like she right. gets in there and like there's there's a point in that match where like i sell up and like she just like angle slammed me off the top rope and she's like slapping me in the face and like she's giving it to me and she's like come on fucker come on get up and she's like like and i'm like she, like for a minute i'm like what the hell? And like the crowd's like picking up on that because like she's she's a competitor, man. She's and I, like I couldn't be happier for what she's doing now. Like her match with Sheeta was like the mm. the craziest way to start anywhere at a company. So like hopefully you know I I know I, I won't say hopefully because I know it's 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 only gonna be up from here for her. Like she's super talented. Um, I, I did see that match you had with her at the Collective, and I mentioned to Layla, uh, it blew me away that match because. Usually, if there's a match with anybody who's, let's say, five feet against a guy who's 
six foot three forward, you know, um, I'd, I'd be like, all right, well, he's going to kill him. But when I was watching Layla against you, it was almost like I, I didn't have a hard time believing she was, you know, really beating you up a bit. <laughs> it was that good. But that was also um, testament to how good both of you were working together. You know, it takes two of you to do that. And she actually said afterwards it was her favorite match. Uh, you against her was her favorite match of her career so far. And she said she learned a lot from it and she wants to do it again. So you've definitely made a fan in Layla too. <laughs> uh, I'm very happy for that. Like when I step in, especially intergender wrestling, uh, like I'm not good at it. That's the thing I say, because like, especially where I live in Ontario, I've been wrestling for so long and I'm such like a killer here. Like I walk out and people are like, Josh is going to kill whoever it is. I don't care if it's a guy, girl, a giant, it doesn't matter. Josh is going to kill that person. So when a five foot nothing person walks in, like they're automatically going to be like, oh man, what's going to go on? And like, I told her, I was just like, you got to hit me as hard as you can. I was like, don't worry about me because they think that I'm destroying you with everything. So if they're going to have any belief that you're actually making me like hurt, like you got to actually hit me. And she was like, Okay, and like she didn't have a problem with it, obviously. <laughs> like, like yeah. it, it just it takes it takes a lot to make people like actually invest in something mm. like that, no matter like the size. Like, I would do the same thing if it was like Leo Rush or something, yeah. just yeah. for the size difference. And uh, like, there there is something to that. And like, yeah, you want, if you make it all make sense, it, it it's easy to watch. It definitely worked. It it really did. Like, do it. Like I said, we went any of a match where there was that height and weight. Uh, difference I would think oh you're just gonna kill that guy um but with Layla it was like there was times where I actually thought she had it won and that just shows how you know you you said to her lay into me and she she did <laughs> you could tell because there was times where I was like oh god you know you could feel the strike she was doing she was really going for it so hopefully that's a match we might you know see again down the line <laughs> so I'd, I'd want to see it again yeah, absolutely. Me too. I would love to anytime. Uh, before we start to wrap up and let you go as well, um, I noticed when you was on the indie scene, you, you wrestled in the UK for progress. Um, how did you find the wrestling in the UK, the British scene? Uh, it was cool. I got to wrestle for a bunch of different companies. I, I got brought out by Southside and they kind of let me pick up bookings wherever I could and I was lucky to get on progress. But it was, they were running while I was there. But, uh, you know, it's wrestling is like universal no matter what language or where it is there's different ways crowds are but like that progress crowd was up there with the pdbg crowd <laughs> in Reseda. like it's just it's a different vibe but like the pro wrestling speaks for itself it was awesome i got to be in the ring with british strong style who are like one of the most over acts in this entire like part of the world mm. so like it was a very easy sell to be in the ring like that night so did you, you get know, any, it was a blast you know like any did you get any chance from the progress ca uh, crowd you know like, i got something about my bra being on my head or something <laughs> Some, <all> right. <laughs> yeah i guess there's like a soccer chant about that and my head yeah. here is apparently a bra some of the chants really hit and miss. Some of them are great and really add to a match. Some of them just don't make any sense. <laughs> well, I got that one three separate times while I was in the UK. So, oh, apologies <laughs> on the on the behalf of Britain. <laughs> uh, people people like to dog in the head here, but you know, yeah. it, it, ser it served me very well. So, I, I love that 
before we wrap up, I mean, the headgear, I only found out recently you do have a legitimate reason for it. You know, like wearing it in your match is a legit thing. Um, you're wearing it to actually stay protected because of an injury you had. Um, and I, when I found that out, I thought that's even more badass, <laughs> you know. Um, what, have you, what's the usual reception to you wearing the headgear? Because I think you are the only wrestler around who does, you know. I get like headphones or like uh, uh, what's her name, Princess Leia chants sometimes at like smaller shows. But any like any show that has at least like three or four fans that know who I am, like and like for the most part, especially at indie shows, when I walk out to the ring, like I look far more imposing than most people on the show. Yeah. So most people don't really want to say anything anymore. So <laughs> when I first started wearing it, man, it was I, I would get like barking chants, like. Like Rick Steiner, uh, Rick stuff like that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're better looking than Rick Steiner anyway. You're, you're no dog face gremlin, if that helps. <laughs> I mean, so far. So far. It could all change. <laughs> well, before we let you go, Josh, um, is there anything you want to plug, promote your social medias and your merchandise? Uh, check out uh, me on Instagram and Twitter, walking underscore weapon. Through that, you can find my Teespring store and stuff like that in the bio. And if you want to support and buy a shirt, thank you very much. Otherwise, you know, just thanks for all the support and being a fan. You know, come along for the ride because uh, it's just getting started. Hell yeah. Well, we can't thank you enough, man. It's been an absolute pleasure. We are huge, huge fans. Um, we know there's going to be more championships in the future, tag team and solo. We, 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 we think, we know. So thank you so much, Josh. It's been an absolute pleasure. He is the walking weapon, Josh Alexander. We are ringsiders. <laughs>